dear listener. This is Chatterbox Video Game Radio. My name's Alon. And I'm Ara. And uh, we've got a show. We've got a show for you, as we do every week. Every single week. You've got a lot of stuff on the docket for us today, Ara. I didn't even know I had a docket. Yeah, but you but you do. Indeed. Quite a few things. Um, Does this mean I can be a lawyer now? Yes. That I have a... Yes. Oh, Ara Sharinian Esquire. I'm going to go to jail really soon. So um, so I'm not sure where you want to start. I, w- I would love to talk about my week and what I've been doing, but basically all I've been doing related to video games this week is trying to sell them on the eBay. Yeah. How's yeah. that going? Um, it's all right. This is what happens. So I'm planning on moving, which means we've packed up everything in my house. It looks like a show house now, except for the garage, which is chock full of stuff. And when you do that, if you're me, you find a lot of old video game stuff. Like, I mean, I've always known what I had, but it's like, oh, I should sell this old, like, cell phone that I won at a E3 or CES years ago. And That's I should right. I have one this. of those, by the way. Do you? Not a cell phone, but old video game stuff. Oh, yeah, so much. So, like, I'm putting back together from the bits and pieces I've taken from it, like my 15th anniversary Street Fighter joystick. Um, Any big winners? Any big uh, big cash windfalls I, with the eBay? No, Something. I've only I've only started. I have to sell my Killer Instinct arcade machine too, just because I think we're going to live in an apartment when we get get to Colorado. So, well, let me ask you this then: Are you expecting to have any big wins on eBay? Anything? Uh, no, you know, much more valuable than maybe people think. Video game related, I don't have that much that's worth a lot that I'm that I'm planning to get rid of anyway. I've got like the original PlayStation Two Linux kit, which I'm hoping I can get more than a hundred bucks for, but I don't know. And I've got, you know, my Powerizers. Do you know what those are? Those are not video game related at all. Powerizer. Yeah. What a so name. I'm, I'm, I'm run, my head is running through the different if things. If I said to you that I have a pair of Powerizers, it could be called would you know what those are? Um, it's either detergent or uh, I, it must be detergent. I can't, I can't narrow it down. Uh, no, it's not detergent. I'm shocked. Yeah. Um, so if you saw... Puff Daddy at the VMAs years ago when he was called Puff Daddy. Um, so they're like stilts, like grasshopper stilts. Okay, say no more. I've, so they're not powerizing anything. No, but their brand name is Powerizer. Oh, that's, that's yeah. pretty catchy, I guess. So they're like these grasshopper stilt things so you can jump really high and... If you're skilled enough, which and, I am not, and hurt do yourself and, and or other people. Yeah, no, it's it's potentially a death sentence. So, so this is a machine, not a machine. That well, I mean, and a me- mechanical device, strictly speaking, right? Yeah, that uh, his only purpose is to launch somebody uncontrollably into something. Not uncontrollably. I've had fun with them. You, but you can control them in the air. Well, I mean, they're attached to your legs. That's what I mean. After you leave the ground, <laughs> goodbye control. Um, anyway, so I've got those, and they seem to be going for good money on the eBay, but that's not my point. It doesn't matter. I've got all these adapters. So this is something I should actually bring up, right? So years ago, we did this thing at Chatterbox where this is for Hurricane Sandy, right? Sandy had happened, and a bunch of the, the people from New Orleans were over in our stadium here in Phoenix, or Phoenix area. Maybe it was in Glendale or something, but... Do you remember this happening? I vaguely recall, actually. Okay. So Katrina happened. Flood victims, everybody, they, refugees, they come hang out here in Phoenix and a bunch of other big cities. And uh, I was like, hey, I should try to round up a bunch of video games and like have them set up for kids to play and stuff because they've got nothing to do and parents are all you know messed up and looking for relief from their kids and whatever. So I wanted to get this together and... Somehow we got Microsoft and maybe other people to send us old video game systems like two dozen or something like xboxes and dreamcasts and whatever and uh i went down to like the red cross or some people organizing this thing and um basically it was just a cluster no one could was willing to help help me make this possible like all i needed was like all i need you to do is like say i can do it and i'll like walk in and make it happen like no but nobody could could say it was okay or whatever so so you just did it yourself anyway no, I collected the stuff, but I didn't actually bring it down. I was like, I don't even know oh. where to go. Well, okay, well, fair. We should have, right? But I would have needed, like, you know, tables and power cords and all that stuff. And UAT, we could probably scrape it together. Um, 
Anyway, didn't happen. But we got the guys from Get Well Gamers Foundation. We interviewed them on the show, and I was like, hey, I've got all these systems. Do you want them? Because they collect video game systems. To It's very much like Child's Play, except they Child's Play charity requires things to be brand new. This must have been right before my time. I think it was. I think yeah. it was. Anyway, uh, Child's Play requires things to be new. Get Well Gamers Foundation. You can give them your old stuff. And uh, so we gave them, you know, boatloads of systems and things. But with the Dreamcasts, we had gotten these VGA adapters. Um, and I didn't give them to them because I don't think they had a bunch of VGA monitors for kids to use. So I just have had this box of Dreamcast to VGA adapters. Lord only knows why Microsoft was running a bunch of Dreamcasts for testing purposes or something. I don't know. Somebody was. Maybe those didn't come from Microsoft. But um, So I've got like a dozen Dreamcast VGA adapters that I'm trying to sell on eBay. And I was like, well, these should go to charity since they were originally given for the purpose of charity. Luckily, eBay has this thing like you could just say I'm selling this for charity and they will automatically take like whatever percentage you tell them to uh, and give it to the charity of your choice if it's in their list. And Child's Play is in the list. Oh, that's interesting. So I said 100% of this, of these 12 items that I'm selling will go to charity. So if anyone's curious, um, if you search for like Dreamcast VGA adapter and the word charity, you will probably find the VGA adapters that I'm selling. And I think I posted it on our Facebook page. Anyway, uh, they're cheaper than if you were to buy them from someone who wasn't me, and uh, the money goes to Child's Play. So, you know, buy them now. I've already sold two of them. One of them to Joe, because he's a Dreamcast uh, fiend, right? But uh, uh, you're, you're just selling these straight up, or are you auctioning them? Uh, they're buy it now, because you can't sell multiple identical items at auction. If you're doing multiple of the same item, it's got to be a buy it now price. Oh, they're not doing the Dutch auction business anymore? Yeah, ex- apparently not. Or I'm just not equipped. I don't know. Yeah, well, screw the Dutch. What have anyway, they done to help us? 30 bucks plus about $6 for shipping. Um, and this same device elsewhere on eBay is like 45 or 50 bucks. So anyway, uh, go buy it if you're interested. Other than occupy a bunch of land in Pennsylvania. And, and yeah, really goes to charity. Okay. So that's what I've been doing this week is getting my house clean and cleared out and getting rid of games. And if anybody wants mini money tambourine for the original PlayStation, the only Sega brand PlayStation 1 game contact me because i plan to sell that i just don't know how to even begin how do you get attention for something like that you know what there's one person in america who will pay top dollar it's just a matter of finding that one right person. right so i should just put it on i don't know put it on and ebay for it, a month straight and with a game like that i really mean one person yeah no we we went over to tim's well we being me and a few other people that aren't you went over to tim's and played that game one night and it was it was watch us fiddling around to the tambourine like eight-year-old girls but it's it's made with the somebody amigo like technology like the box even right. looks like the somebody amigo box long thin box um but it's a tambourine and anyway the game is very much like somebody amigo but with only one tambourine instead of one thing in each hand pretty exciting yeah all japanese very of, crazy of course i want to relate some frustrations i've been having lately by lately, I mean yesterday. Okay. And it's I, not me hijacking the first 10 minutes of the show with useless banter? No, that's fine, because I'm going to hijack the second five, 10 minutes of the show with useless banter. Okay. It's not going to be useless. Um, it'll just be a lot of complaining. So, I turned on my 3DS for the first time in a very long time. And... Probably had a lot of updating to do. Well, there's a lot of updating, and really the only the only reason why I even care about this is like I want to go and check out the new stuff on their on the um, eShop. eShop, that's what they call it, right? So first I go and I turn it on, and then I see um, right. You know how it takes like seven years for the eShop to actually start on the 3ds. I don't know if you're aware. I of don't this. have any experience with it. So no. yeah, it's about seven, approximately eight and a half years loading time. Okay, and um, worth it. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's even more worth it when you're sitting at this loading screen that says preparing, right? And you have no idea how long it's going to take. And it takes always way longer than you think it does. And then when it was done, they gave me this beautiful error message that said something to the effect of, uh, you were idle for too long, so uh, we kicked you out. Oh, seriously? Yeah, so you should restart <laughs> your system, actually. And I'm like, all right, that's great, right? So anyway, since it's been a while... 
um, I notice there's an update, and then I go download the update, and then that takes about you know seven point eight years itself, and then this is this is probably I'm the only person ever complaining about this, but upon my update, this is uh, and this is actually I heard it was a relatively recent thing too, not in the past uh, several months, but maybe in the past few weeks. What Nintendo did was they integrated. Um, all their network online stuff into one cohesive system, right? Between yeah, I've heard Wii about U this happening, but I don't know what the actual details all 3DS. are. 3DS. So here are the details. The short of it is that before, I could just go to the store and download demos and not have to worry about it. Now, I have to give them an email address that I didn't have to before. I have to give them um, several pieces of identifying data, which I didn't have to before. Um, sometimes they're nice and they give me a choice. Like when they wanted to know what state I lived in, I could say, uh, I'm not going to tell you what state I live in, for example. Even though they know already, right? But these are these are just pieces of information they're collecting. And, and then, of course, they've got their horrendously long EULA and user license agreement. And that has all kinds of... This is the scary part to me. It has all kinds of scary legal verbiage, and it's incredibly long, but this is the same S that Sony and Microsoft are doing now. Well, they're all doing it. They're all doing it. And there's there's something very dangerous about everybody doing it that I'm going to explain when we come back. All right. Well, that's a cliffhanger if I've ever heard one. Hold on to your seat. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You are still listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology. Their website is uat.edu. Check them out. Now, you were complaining before the break about the end-user license agreement. Is that is that really the core of this? The EULA for the 3DS and the fact that everyone's doing it? I've been, I've been trying to think about what the core of this is because I'm, I'm actually upset. And here's what I decided. Back in the day, we used to just get a game and just put it in. Yep. And then you play it, and then that's it. That's how it goes. Now we have to sign the legal agreement that has 14 chapters in it. For individual games or just for accessing the online store? Just to access their services. Although a lot of games these days have their own EULAs just with the game because they they have some online component. they, They totally do, but... The the fear that I have is that every like all of us as consumers we're basically treating these EULAs as yeah whatever okay we don't pay attention to them right that's true nobody does nobody pays attention to them and in fact they're the way that they're presented and the way that they're constructed it facilitates not paying attention to them and yet and yet legally. We decide that, or it's been decided that when you click on that button, because you have to click on that button just to get to whatever you could normally access, like downloading demos, right? 
So that constitutes a legal binding agreement. But the thing that scares me is that nobody as a consumer really thinks of it that way. And we just all, we just all just click through all of this stuff all the time. And we don't pay attention to any of it. Well, I think we all, at least those of us who are adults, do think of it as a binding agreement. Just don't care. Well, I guess there's that part of it, right? Or there's... Um, it's just such a stark contrast. I'm upset that I have to do this when I didn't have to before. Well, I mean, you don't have to do it when you buy the game. Well, I could certainly say, right, I don't agree to it. Yeah, or you and, can just and, yeah, and then, use the service of downloading demos. Well, the thing is, right, I can't even get on the eShop mm-hmm. anymore if I didn't agree with it. Yeah. Right. So they're providing a new service, and so, this new service has this new rule attached to it. That would be true other than the fact that I was already using this service without any of these... Um, what you would call it? Yeah, well, right. elaborations, tra- complications. Change will do that to you. You know, cause you to get upset. I just want to feel like a kid again, and I can't. I understand. One thing that's curious, actually, is how kids manage this. Like, aren't there some rules about the being in the age of majority in order to accept an agreement like that? Well, it said, they they actually give you a big prompt that said, hey, kids, have your parent read this, like anyone's going to do that. Yeah. Right? But that protects them legally. But I have, I had one, I had one out. I had one way to level my displeasure at Nintendo. You know what that way is? Um, Tweeting them? No, that would be... uh, Turning off the eShop? That would take way too much effort. Then I don't know. Both of those. Well, no, because they still want my demos. Okay. Oh, giving them a crap email address that says don't email me or something like that? Besides that, that, no, giving them a a creatively devised username to communicate my displeasure to them. Yeah, I've heard the story from you before. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah, so I finally settled on my username being uh, disagreewlegal. Okay. So take that legal of Nintendo. I... I'm so upset at you, all I'm, of you legal people. I'm sure that carries great effect. It's gonna they're gonna be they're gonna feel really bad for one second when somebody sees that in the room all by themselves and they'll never share that story with anyone. Yeah. But that'll that'll be worth it. Okay. Well I'm glad to hear it. Uh, okay, let's talk about something real. So I was reading an article a few minutes ago, uh, on Polygon where I guess they were discussing the fact that you know this new Tomb Raider game? The Definitive Edition? There's always a new Tomb Raider game. Well, there it? was a new Tomb Raider game, and now the not-so-new Tomb Raider game was remade for the next-gen systems, and they're calling it the Definitive Edition. Although some people are... Some article headlines I've seen recently are that the PlayStation 4 version is more definitive than Xbox One because it's got a higher frame rate. Oh, that's right. Which spurs on conversations about strength of systems. So when I hear a name, a title called the Definitive edition it sounds to me like it's the same game as another game yeah the last game it just like i guess looks better exactly this is fancier that's not my point though the point is i guess um there's a release date with it like other games have release dates but then gamestop released it early and then people were wanting to buy it online i guess i guess this is how it went they wanted to buy it online early as well but Online, it was holding true to the release date. And so this article basically is just trying to be some insightful article saying, hey, uh, it's not crazy that retail is getting some advantage because if the companies, meaning both the publishers and the hardware manufacturers, Microsoft and Sony, if uh, if they piss off GameStop, then GameStop takes their stuff off the shelves and you know pisses right back at them. Um, well, it's one of those symbiotic <laughs> relationships in much the same way that a gang has a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, and it, and it's tough because GameStop is basically just watching the nails go into the coffin each year as as their business model deteriorates with um, with physical media going away. But but here's what I took from this. Right, I thought about my personal history in in game purchases because I started thinking about. GameStop, right? And the fact that they do sell physical media and people are buying online. And I thought, well, what am I doing differently now compared to years ago, right? And 
And I've certainly, I've worked at those stores, so I've seen the types of people that go into the store as well. And by that, I mean, I've, I've realized that I think there's two types of game player, and maybe I'm, I'm simplifying this, but I'm the kind of player who reads about games periodically, and in doing so, learns about new games that I may want to play, and then purchases them when those games I want arrive, right? And then, regardless of how I purchase them. And there's other people, and there are many of these people, who will just go into the store kind of like you go into a grocery store wondering, well, what am I going to eat today, right? Yeah. What's let's on, what's let's on the get shelf? a game. Oh, this looks good. Yeah. This one has more explosions on the cover than this other one. Let's get this one. Yeah, it's like, let's go to a movie. What movie do I want to see today? Well, yeah. what's playing, right? Sure. So I was never that way. I was never like, let's go into the store and see what's available and buy something because... In the near future, I want to fill my time with gaming. Yeah. Well, also, we're, we're aficionados, right? And so we have a sense of taste and distinction between the different options we have, and we want to make the best one. Whereas uh, type two that you described, right? They just like, oh, I just want to, they just want to be entertained, and they don't, uh, they don't have such discriminating faculty about it. Well, part of me says yes, and the other part wonders, well, maybe they are still discriminating, except they're... They're discriminating you know, explosions well, on the covers. What I, what I was just about to say was that, like, you know, you and I, I know that we're not playing games constantly, but you can sort of think of our lives as ones that are filled with games constantly. Yeah, I guess right? so. Even if we're not playing right now, right, it's always on our mind and we might play something at any given moment. Whereas these other people might just think of it like, oh, well, I have a week of vacation coming up. And there's going to be a couple of days of downtime, so let me buy a game. Or I just want to play a game tonight, so let's go to the store and buy a game tonight and for the next few days or whatever. Yeah. So it, it might be sort of a measure of how they manage time. But um, I'm I'm really – I don't even know what I want to get out of this discussion. But, like, I, I'm curious, I guess, what the split is. If, like, if most of the people who listen to the show who are probably like us treat it like us or if some of you – go to the store in this way, just looking for whatever's good. Because I realize that I've missed out on a ton of games, partly because I'm just too cheap to buy a bunch of stuff, um, and because I'm not looking widely enough. Like, for instance, you're talking about going to the eShop, right? And you do this a lot, whether it's on the 3DS or on the PlayStation Store or the Microsoft Store, or you'll go into the Japanese store of one of these, yeah. right? Um, I never do that. I rarely, like, it's just, I know of a game coming out or someone told me about a game I should get, so I get it, right? But I'm never checking the eShop, and, like, I just never buy digital-only games unless I've read about them somewhere somewhere else. Well, I, I hardly ever buy them either, but... I, um... But at least you're trying them out. Like, I don't even go out there to try the demos. And, like, so I bought Bumpy's Party, right? You know what? Your, your life isn't necessarily better for it because it's been probably one out of a hundred demos that I've played that I was like... Oh, I'm really glad I played this. I'm going to keep this in my mind. Is this that is really you? good. Yeah, so like... At, 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 I mean, it could be even worse than one out of a hundred. The most recent digital game I bought was uh, Spin the Bottle Bumpy's Party. Right. Which was because, exclusively because I read about it outside of the eShop. Right. Never have I gone into the shop and bought something based on that. And, you know, if if most people are like me and possibly like you in that sense, uh, then this whole concept of like of future gaming, like it's, it's going to be a rough one. It's right? a really good question, right? I guess the question comes down to, is a game purchase a um, instant, what's the word? You know what I'm saying. Impulse. Impulse, that's the word I want. Yeah. Impulse buy or not. But the problem is for retail stuff, right? I mean, they're expensive, so... I mean, you've worked at GameStop. I haven't. I mean, do you have any sense when you were working there? I don't have the impression that a lot of people would come in to, to buy a $50 game just because of the price point, um, as an impulse buy, that is. Well, I mean, different people have, have different uh, values of money, right? Like 50 bucks isn't much money to some people, and it is for, for other people. Well, yeah, but I mean, for most people, it's... Um, not some. It's, I mean, it's not the equivalent of a burger now, is it? Well, no. But I mean, you and me are the we're the type of people who will debate getting a hamburger because it's more expensive than we think a hamburger should be priced. Yeah, okay. but that's because I'm cheap and you're Jewish. 
I don't know that those go perfectly together, but yeah. We'll be right back. So we're back, and, and I'm, I'm trying to think of the future of gaming, right? And, and this is not a topic that we've never touched on before, but I think about the future of purchasing, and we've also talked about interfaces and stuff like that, and I've, I've always said how important retail is because, you know, moms and dads go into the stores, the physical stores, to buy these games, and if those physical stores don't exist, then that game buying won't happen, or it certainly won't happen in the, the way that it does now and in uh, the amount that it does now. So I kind of, they talk about, like, things going all digital in the next generation or whatever. And I question if that's possible or if they will then have to have a storefront that is connected, that would be the way to do it. Right. They'll have to have a web-based storefront that mom and dad can purchase from their computer, a game that goes to like Johnny's Xbox. That's you know? so, it's so weird to me that whole, I know why we're doing, well, not we, right. I know why GameStop is doing this thing with the digital stuff because they want, like you said, right. They're trying to stay as relevant as they can. Yeah, you mean but, the stuff they're doing, like forcing their hand? Well, and... let me just put it to you this way. G- going to the store to buy something that you can get online. I mean, if I'm making a digital purchase, why would I want to go to the store? I'm surprised. I don't even know if anybody does that. If I go to the store, right, like, okay, like Gran Turismo 6, right? This is something that's never made sense to me, and I, I don't know why they're doing this. You can go to buy the game at the store, and it's like depending on where you look, right? You can shop around, get a better price. So anywhere from like forty to fifty bucks right now, give or take. Um, you can buy the digital version of the game from the digital storefront from your house, and that is always max retail price, right? So on its face, it's the worst value possible because you are paying the most you can. And you're not even getting a physical representation of what you have. Yeah, and it's not resellable. Right. But on the other hand, it follows you from system to system, to system at least with the new generation. Oh, don't you dare be disingenuous. No, it's true. I can go to my friend's house and play my games on his PlayStation 4 if I'm willing to wait for it to download. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we can wait for the six gigs. Supposedly it starts right up. Basically. Starts right up, yeah. So anyway... Um, I don't even know why in the first place anyone would buy the digital version. I would be really interested to see what kind of volume of sales they have on those. But an even worse proposition is to do the same thing, but then go to a retail store to make that. Yeah, purchase. right. So so then there's – this is the other factor. Uh, you and I understand the the content that we're purchasing when we purchase it, right? And – I'm willing to bet you're like me in that you wouldn't bother asking the clerk a question about something unless you're specifically asking his opinion. But it wouldn't be like, hey, what's this game like? Or which game do you think is good right now? Like, we wouldn't be asking those questions. We might be like... Yeah, but you know, the only reason why I don't ask that question anymore is because I learned my lesson. Yeah. <laughs> hey, is this game good? Yeah, it's good. Oh, okay. Yeah, they give bad oh. answers. <laughs> Right. When when you're you know you or me or probably the the people listening to this show. This is also when I learned um, mostly as a teenager not to ask people questions like that just in any other situation when the expected answer is a yes or when they can just answer with a yes because they'll always say yes. That's probably true. And that's not what you want to yeah. hear. So. Plenty of people, though, go to these stores in order to get the expertise of the people at the stores. For instance, when I was working at GameStop and people would ask me a question, I would give them an informed answer. And so would my employees. And I, and I, I was making fun of them, you know, a second ago, different employees of these stores. Um, there is a good number of them, at least at GameStop, that are probably well-educated about the product. Uh, a good percentage versus, like, if you went to Sears... 
to the video game section and ask the Sears speaking, guy. Of course, right. Of course. Um, but still, right. So there's there is value there, but not for me, not for you, but for plenty of people there there is. So I wonder if the future of gaming is a store with a bunch of little you know place cards for all the games that you buy and you just get the digital download code and that's how you give you know little Johnny his Christmas present is the download code or the web-based interface or whatever. Um, anyway, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. This okay. is just, it was tackling my brain for a minute thinking about how, no, it was good while it lasted. GameStop but I, is falling. <laughs> but I, speaking of falling, um, there's actually a couple of other things falling that we can talk about. So you heard about the save game problems on the PS4. I read only very little about it. I don't know the details. This is really bad. Is it any save game is being destroyed? Like so, the entire save game section of the hard drive? Nobody knows exactly how pervasive this is. And it doesn't seem like anybody even really knows um, what the cause is exactly. But what has started happening was uh, some PlayStation 4 players started noticing and reporting that their save games have lost progress or gotten corrupt basically and this is a huge deal because this is for example when somebody puts in 20 hours of play right 20 hours of recorded save data and then their save file gets corrupt and that best all they can do is start over yeah but this is this is crushing i hear that and i think well that's happened in the past as well when even when we had memory cards yeah but when did this happen on this scale so soon after the console came out, I don't well, think this has ever happened. I, like just, this. I don't know the details. Like I said, I don't know the details of this. Is it that doing something on the PlayStation Four corrupted the save of a game, or is it that these specific games were getting their corrupt their saves corrupted because well, of some bug in the game? What makes this really scary? If the operating system is causing a wide scale problem on all saves. That's a big, big it, issue. It appears to be the latter because people are saying um, that they've lost save data from. NBA 2K14, Call of Duty Ghosts, Battlefield 4, Assassin's Creed 4. And even in a few cases, they've gotten, um, people who have experienced this problem have actually gotten this specific error that actually made their console completely unusable. Do you, do you think maybe they rushed this thing out a little <laughs> bit too much, a little bit too fast? Uh, yeah, I mean, they all did. But... I did not hear that. This, I mean, this kind Brick, of... Bricking systems or, or... Yeah, well, that's probably rare. To the point so, of a firmware update. You know, I don't want to mischaracterize uh, how frequent these things are. So that one is probably pretty rare. But it's unheard of to lose your save data in this way for a new system. Yeah, well, that would be disappointing. If the operating system is somehow affecting the saves of all games, that'd be a big issue. And But, I mean, it, the same thing could happen with an actual memory card, like with older gen stuff, well, PlayStation it, 2. Well, or it something. could happen, but that has hardly ever happened, at least, I mean, at least to me, or I've never heard of like any kind of endemic widespread. Have you read anything that said, like, if you had the save in the cloud that you could recover it that way and it'd be fine? Uh, I don't know. I don't know any of that stuff. All right. But there's another related thing. Speaking of PS4, this is... I'm really interested in this. Okay, guess what? Uh, guess who announced their fiscal results for Q3? Electronic Arts. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I guarantee that even though this is talking about money, there's going to be something interesting here. Even though words like fiscal results and revenues, I'm sure, put all of us, including myself, to sleep. Not me. All right, check this out. Ahead. All right, so you're going to be... This is going to be the high point of your day, Alon. So... Did you know that, so these are Q3 revenues, right? Third quarter that they just announced. And a bunch of interesting things happened. So first of all, the revenues from their um, Xbox 360 and their PS3 games, that actually dropped by $141 million, right? As you would expect, not that number exactly, but you'd expect it to drop because these are the outgoing systems. Uh, yeah, perhaps. So last year in the same quarter, they made... 566 million from this source 
And now they're only making about 425. So that's like an offset of 141 million. Okay. So the income they got from the next gen games, right? Xbox One, PlayStation 4, that only generated 24 million. So between these two generations, right, there's about 120 some million deficit that they have not made up. Versus last year. That's okay. Versus last year. Now, what's everyone talking about these days, right? It's mobile games. So mobile games made them 517 million. Holy crap. Which is actually 110 million more than last year. So it actually, that value went up by almost the same amount that the regular last generation console games went down. Which is interesting. But what's even more interesting is that after all this, they actually reported a net loss. And would you care to wager a guess on what this net loss might have been for third quarter? 300 million. 308 million. Holy crap, I was totally guessing. Yeah, 300. And I just want this to sink in with everybody, right? This is the one of the biggest video game publishers and arguably, unarguably, one of the most successful, certainly one of the most um, prominent. And the best they could do is lose $308 million in a quarter. So help me understand here. With the mobile games, they ended up, versus last year, only down about $20 million. When just relative to last year, relative they made about twenty million dollars less than last year. No, no, no. That was that was just for overall. Overall, they made more this year than last. One hundred ten million more than last year. Basically, mobile went up around twenty twenty five percent, and no, regular but, console stuff went down about twenty twenty five percent. So they kind of offset so if all each other. all of the different departments add up all the money. Last year to this year, they made more money than last year. Or just mobile department. You know what? I don't know what. I don't know what the net uh, offset so you, is from. You this said year before mobile year. they lost about 120 versus last year, and then with mobile they made about 100 more than last year. Yeah, yeah. So I was putting that together to say that overall they were down about 20 million versus last year. Yeah, but the numbers before this are not the exhaustive numbers. So then I skipped ahead and I said, look, their final net result is 308 in the red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a different comparison though. So there's versus last year, and then there's profit. Right. So the last number, the 300D, was not versus last year. That was just... I know. Okay. I know. This is is great radio. We'll be right. This is why we get the big bucks. are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives where else in the valley on campus or online can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security artificial life programming and game studies as well as technology management Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology. UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, we're back. It's Chatterbox. By the way, just so we're clear, when I'm deprecating you, I'm also deprecating Mm -hmm. myself. That's fine. So... So rounding up what I heard from you, and if I'm wrong, I don't even care. It sounds like versus last year, they're about $20 million down. Not a big deal. 
things ebb and flow, roller coaster a little bit year to year. You don't always have to make more than last year. But from what I heard, it sounds like they made a little bit less than last year. However, they were down in terms of profit. Uh, they actually, in the red, over $300 million Net loss. This year. For this quarter. So in other words, they would have had to beat last year by about $300 million just to break even. I suppose. Now, I don't know their expenditures. If we assume their expenditures are the same, then yeah, that's true. Because I have no idea what their expenditures were. Well, regardless of their, of their expenses, they're down $300 million. They would have needed to make $308 million more to break even. The thing that astonishes me is that they had to make 300 Yeah, Yeah, I mean... They needed to make $300 million. To break even. More, more than they made more last than year. They did. Yes, this is my point. So... How astronomical is that number? Unless... The thing is... So they're not dealing with the new hardware. You know, Microsoft and Sony are going to take huge losses this year. Right. They don't, right. They don't even have to bear that burden of hardware. You're absolutely yeah. right. So Microsoft and Sony, they lose a ton of money in a console year. Meanwhile, GameStop has a huge revenue influx. And for some reason, companies measure revenue like it matters when it's profit that matters. Um, right. But like GameStop's revenue is through the roof on a hardware year um, because they suddenly sell four and five hundred dollar systems, even though they make a profit of like three dollars on each one. Hmm. Um, I think it's closer to like ten. But uh, EA is nothing. It's, it's software every year like they do every year. I mean, there's no different. It's pretty astonishing. So what could their have cost been? Their cost would have just been some some big games that came out or that they had to push on. You know what? When was it that EA started actually letting people take vacation and not work under the gun so much? Right? That was in the last couple of years, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't I don't even know how that would figure into these numbers though. It's well, so think hard about to it. say. If you if you got people to work 80-hour weeks and now they're not making people work 80-hour weeks, they're getting less work from people, so they have to hire more people. So the costs are up. Yeah, but would they would they even do that? Yeah, well, they did. I mean, they had to keep the games being made, right? Yeah. The so, bot- the bottom line is this is endemic of what the industry has been experiencing for a while. Just people aren't I mean, I guess yeah, we've touched on this in different ways a lot of times. It's just it's so it's so hard to make money. Yeah, <laughs> you're telling me. Even for EA. Okay, well, it's incredible. Okay, you know what? We're gonna continue this trend of EA, and I got to follow up on something we reported a while back. You remember the lawsuit where one of the original Madden programmers. Brought suit against EA for, um, what is it, for unpaid unpaid royalties. Yeah, the way I've been reading this stuff, it's not one of the original programmers. It's like the original creator. It is creator. the original programmer. You're right. Um, the guy's name is Robin Antonic. And so last year, um, well, that's not right. Anyway, a while ago, he won. He won yeah. the case. Sometime it feels like not long ago. He won a case for many millions of dollars. About four million. Uh, really? That's lower, less than I thought. Well, they say the the damages were about four million, but the interest could have uh, pushed that up to over seven. Even that lower than what I thought. So it was eleven million that they just reversed on him. Uh, I don't know. It's just but a he, lot he was originally asking for like two hundred million or something, because it was based on sales of Madden since then and. Anyway, that part I don't remember. I guess I guess you're right. Numbers don't matter. But yeah, so he had won where basically EA was going to have to give him a bunch of money because they kept making Madden games and never giving him royalties. So something crazy happened. And um, as much as I love to pretend to know something about lawyering, I don't know anything about lawyering. And you probably even know a lot more than I do, Alon. Here's what happened. And I'm really – I want to hear your analysis on this. So a – Federal jury awarded the result, and now a federal court judge has overturned the findings completely. And this is what he said, and this doesn't make any sense to me. So there's a U.S. district judge going by the name of Charles Breyer in San Francisco, and he nullified the whole thing. And he said this is basically his impetus for his decision. Without the opportunity 
to view each of the versions of the later games, the jury had no basis for evaluating whether the changes addressed altered each subsequent game. He basically said, we have to look at all the games side by side in order for the jurors for the jurors to have any basis for a verdict. Mm-hmm. Now, this sounds crazy to me because I guess I guess it's a copyright infringement case. And that's what they're saying needs to be done in order to establish or at least decide that a copyright infringement has taken place. But the infringement actually is that the source code was stolen. And the visual appearance of a game inform, does not inform you whatsoever about the underlying source code. In fact, it could even confound things even worse. And it could be a really bad thing. And I'm, this is probably why um, for for their, I guess, I guess Antonik's the, the plaintiff in this case, right? Um, this is really bad for the plaintiffs here because since the franchise is so old, the most salient, the most noticeable things about the game that have progressed over the years are how it looks. But the underlying code could be still very, very similar while it looking very different. And jurors don't know that. Jurors don't know or can't really understand how uh, the same product can have essentially the same underlying programming underneath it while looking completely different. I don't think this is something a juror has, an average juror has a sense of at all. And so well, this is, none of this makes sense to me, Yohan. I, I didn't understand this to be a question of stolen code. It was that he, the original contract said that any derivative works he would get royalties from. Yeah. Well, the source, lawyers... Source code or no source code. Maybe this will clarify a little bit. So Antonik's lawyers said, I mean, of course they're appealing, right? Well, um, they, the reason he lost was because EA appealed. Right, and then, but now they're appealing the appeal, of course. Yeah. And so his lawyer said the, uh, the evidence showed that they used his source code without permission. So if that is not what they're alleging, then I don't know what I don't know what the hell's going on. I, I'm wondering if we're mixing up multiple stories of Madden lawsuits. There's a, no, it's, it's the same lawsuit. Trust me. Okay. I'll take your word. This isn't the first time we've heard conflicting stories from different sources about the same thing. This is so third hand, but um, it's a bummer. I kind of felt good that the guy was, he took them on and won and I don't know why it was overturned exactly. And and how does that happen? Because I kind of get the feeling like the judge is like, oh, I don't like this result. I'm just going to overturn it. Like, how does that work? Isn't the jury, what when does a judge get to overturn a jury? Just whenever he feel like it, feels like it. Uh, well, I mean that's what the appeal court is for, but I don't I don't know the exact details now. We'd have to pull in my wife to explain that. I know that if they showed any Madden products side by side that have a uh, difference of more than one year between them, jurors will be absolutely confused yeah. because they're just going to be like, oh, well, the one that looks better is obviously better, and I can see pixels in that one, so obviously it doesn't get it. Well, each side could pull in. I mean, imagine, you can take today's Madden and compare it to Madden 93, and it would still look the same if you look at the same, the right screens. The play selection screen is yeah, basically the same. You know what? You know what? That's a good point. But then the the active play screens are totally different. Yeah. So. I think, I, I tend to think that the jurors will just be dazzled by 3D graphics, and they'll see like a... F- three by four pixel screen on the other side and okay. yeah. well that's why the source code argument doesn't doesn't do much for me but just saying that it was derivative works anyway yeah we only have a couple minutes left towards the end of the show one one topic we did not touch on which took a lot of my evening from me as i was reading about it um i really i want to just get our listeners uh reactions to this and wonder if it even should be something that we should be discussing so um in the last week or so there's been this topic of uh some female journalist who was, quote, harassed by a male. Uh, actually, I don't even know if she's a journalist, but she's in the games industry. And a male uh, gaming press guy contacted her on Facebook and said things that, uh, like, sounded sexual harassment-ish. Except it's just something said between two people. I don't, he basically started I, out, like, I want to put my P in your V. Yeah. Something like that. But to me, harassment is like when someone says, I don't want you to do this, and they and they persist. 
And if you don't... Anyway, I don't, I don't want to get into it right now. Oh, you mean like the legal definition of harassment? I don't even know what the legal definition is. I believe the legal definition of sexual harassment, since I love to pretend so much, I believe that you have to say no or stop. You have to give an indication that it's unwanted. And then if the other party continues, then it's considered harassment, right? Because if they, somebody says something... Yeah, I, w- I would argue that that it, I mean, that is consistent with my understanding of it. So anyway, my, my question to the listener is whether or not this is even worth talking about, uh, because it's it doesn't seem to me like a games related thing, but just a how men deal with women kind of thing. I want to hear what our listeners think but, about this, because I've been putting myself on the chopping block for years now, and I want one of you guys to voice an opinion now. Yeah, it just... It was bugging me so much reading this how they're making they're making such a big deal of it as if it's it's endemic to the the video games industry and just the video games industry and there are plenty of industries where there are a lot of men and very few women um, and, and ooh, this would happen in all of those places too ooh, it has nothing to do even, with games and I will even argue with you on that association you just made even though we're running out of time so I'll save it for next I think time. that's just the case what any science or tech industry or anything with just lots of dudes. Especially nerdy dudes who don't know how to act around women appropriately. That's a key. That's the key right there, yeah. my friend. Anyway, I did, it's just weird to me that they're making such a big deal of it. And it sounds like they're just trying to attention whore and say, this is a gaming industry thing. And it is a gaming industry thing, but it's not specific. Anyway, uh, show is over. I want to one last time thank the University of Advancing Technology for sponsoring this show for a lean, mean, great 10 years strong uh, next week, we no longer sponsored by UAT anymore. So, you know, if another school wants to sponsor that school, too. Uh, but thank you so much, UAT, for 10 wonderful years. And um, we will talk to you, the listener, next week. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.